Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Truth is, I really can't give away that information for free all the time. I thought they were asking whether they should leave their wife. That too. Well, go to my bookie. Check it out. They'll give you lines on all games. You can bet any sport. It's wonderful. You don't need me to talk to you. The Greek doesn't have to be in your ear all the time. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on any deposit over $100. You can use promo code MIZ25. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take advantage of this extra 25 bucks. You play, you win, you get paid. Take it from the Greek. My bookie is the way to go. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. And joining me, as always, is the head of the SEC officiating crew, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And Corey Fatoni's lead kick blocker, Caleb Bungart. Hello, kids. So Missouri played the toughest game to date for the season, except that we are facing Alabama in a few weeks. It was one of the strangest games I've seen in a while. Yeah, most teams, if they're going to play the second-ranked team in the nation, would say that's probably going to be the toughest game on our schedule this year. Right. But Yeah, inside three weeks, we have to play the number one team as well. Yeah. And uh, Missouri didn't look terrible, but they did come away with the loss. It was kind of odd in the first uh, half. It was more of a your standard units, the defense and the offense, weren't sort of the problems. Uh, right. The defense in the first half certainly yeah, wasn't a problem. I mean, they was, were a very pleasant surprise. I mean, so where should we start? We're moving the ball, and uh, the officials decide to push us to the ground. They basically put their forearms into the back of our necks. They kind of kick apart our legs, you know, mm-hmm. while we're on the ground struggling, and they slide themselves deep into us as Mizzou fans. And they do this by uh, basically watching Albert O make a nice reception. Get a couple yards. Yeah, go for a couple extra yards. Forward progress is stopped for, I would say, the count of two Mississippi. One mm-hmm. Mississippi, two Mississippi. And they swallow their whistle. And uh, actually, uh, one of the announcers, I think, said in the game, they actually blew the whistle and still gave Georgia the fumble, recovery, and touchdown. So that yeah, was... because o- Alberto eventually fumbled the ball. It was a scoop and score for yeah. Georgia. And changed the course of the game quickly. Terrible, terrible, terrible call. Mm-hmm. And um, that uh, really hurt. 
It did because we started the game by stopping Georgia. Actually, it was an interception. Yeah, we were pick. Yeah, so things looked really good yeah. early, early, and then really bad, and then that wasn't the end of the officiating no, blunder. No, it was not. And, and I'll say this: we're going to get into a lot of officiating blunders, and they were bad enough that I would say it meant the difference in the game. Except there were so many factors in this game, and when we played against Georgia, we played against the officials, and a lot of cases we played against ourselves. It was like a bullfight on acid. Well, <laughs> it's exactly what it was. Yeah, it's not like it is. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. I, there was two plays in the game that made me um, very upset, and that one of them was the the Albert O fumble that wasn't, mm-hmm. and the second was uh, Jonathan Johnson letting a fucking ball hit him in the helmet and get intercepted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just we were marching and we were on that. That was early in the game. Yeah, we were the marching on the field. Sharp. We had just scored. We were marching on the field to do it all over again. The run was working well, and Jonathan Johnson lets a ball hit him in the fucking face. It flies up in the air and gets intercepted. I was. Literally so mad at Jonathan Johnson right then, I would have murdered him. Now, mm-hmm. in retrospect, that had been a bad idea, and I love Jonathan Johnson. He's a tiger. But in that that moment of rage, I felt like a husband who just walked into my bedroom watching my wife getting bald by some guy that wasn't me. You know Shame I mean? on flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and I will say, even if he wasn't a tiger, it is still illegal to murder anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brennan, the only reason I wouldn't have murdered them, though, is because he's a tiger. Right. You know? Well, and you're skipping one of the other things. Uh, there was a point where we drove down the field, stalled out, and Tucker McCann kicked a field goal. That and was, it was obviously good. Yeah. <laughs> obviously good. Replay after replay showed that the ball went through the uprights. Good field goal, three points. They said no good. And yeah. so, I mean, we're talking about 10 points right out of the gate off the board. Yeah. And as far as the uh, J- Jonathan Johnson fuck up, it reminds me of last week when a ball went off of Cam Hilton's helmet yeah. into a second receiver for Purdue and they yeah. went down and scored a touchdown. Just bizarre plays that seem to specifically gather towards Missouri. Well, I think I said it during the midweek show. What worries me about these sort of games for Mizzou always is that we're going to wet ourselves. We're going to do the hot dog water right down the old leg. Hot dog water. And uh, we did. I mean, the moment was too big for Jonathan Johnson. I don't know that in any other game you're going to see him just blow a catch and just let it hit him in the fucking face. Well, well let's say the defense only gave up 29 points. Yeah. Yeah, you held you held Georgia under thirty. Well, Georgia's offense didn't score a touchdown in the first half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are things to like about it, but there was just it was a strange game. Well, I'll say this: the thing that was most frustrating to me, probably with all that shit happening, is Georgia did not look like a team that was bigger, better, faster, stronger than us. We looked like if we were playing our A game, which we need to do when we're playing the number two team in the country, we could compete and beat this team. That's what's frustrating. I'm going to presume. And this is maybe unfair, but I'm going to presume that on the, the series where our offense was really getting it, where Jonathan Johnson shit the bed, we would have scored there. And I'm going to presume that uh, if the officials would have made the right call with uh, Albert O, that they aren't going to get a touchdown on a, on a fumble there. Right. And that's a 14-point swing. Right there. And then you're not counting the three points that would have been in the field goal. Yep. And then and not even getting into the second half whenever one of the Georgia players arrogantly dropped the ball before he got into the end zone. And uh, we scooped and scored on that, but it was blown, or it was called a touchdown because for whatever fucking reason, there was no end zone pylon camp. Yeah, so this is that's a, the whole reason. This it is was, a this was, is the number two team in the nation playing on ESPN national Apparently, television. Don't got enough cameras, guys. Can't yeah. have the pylon cam. Can't even you know most. I thought every game had the overhead the goal line like camera. You know, right. you're just even if it's not the pylon. Like you're going to see the goal line because gosh, we got to see if it breaks the plane. I mean, that's a pretty big rule in football. You what about the uh, what about the hover cams? They ha- I don't see them as much, but you know the ones that are on wires above the players. Well, you're not going to see that in college. Well, f- Mizzou's had the that wired cam 
on many occasions. No, I don't you, know. Yeah. It was all I know. Any is of those cameras. ESPN brought three cameras, and that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Borrowed um, them from KOMU, apparently. Yeah, exactly. They just had the broadcasting students running the show. I don't know. It was ridiculous. It, it, but it, it, it cost us dearly because yeah. that alone would have been a 14 points swing. And, and we're talking about enough points that would, like I said before, you could blame this on the officials. That alone. But well, as you mentioned with Jonathan Johnson, there were several occasions our own players fucked up. I mean, we hadn't seen it this year until the biggest moment where we seemed to blow our shit. Drops. Drop, 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 drop. drop, drop, drop. And there was That's a lot what of... I mean about the, the lights are brightest. We have a propensity for shitting the bed. And you don't get that from players like Albert O because mm-hmm. he is an NFL talent. So you don't get it from necessarily Drew Locke because he's an NFL talent. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Terry Beckner Jr. looked great. Yeah, but not everybody's an NFL talent, and the lights get too bright, and they drop the ball, which is part of the reason they're not going to the NFL. And we don't even have to mention that our other NFL talent, Emmanuel Hall, was basically just a decoy out there all day. That was obviously unhealthy. That gets to what I was wanting to talk about is Drew Locke. Uh, There was a lot of criticism of Drew Locke by the announcers and people talking about what he needs to do in the big games against Georgia. Honestly, there was not a lot that Drew Locke did that I have to really criticize. I mean, he did hang on to the ball too long on a couple of occasions where he got the ball fumbled away. But a lot of that was not necessarily him holding on too long. It was the offensive line was collapsing because they were really trying to put pressure. Yeah, they blitzed. They were blitzing a lot. And the other thing, like I said, the drops, the J- the Jonathan Johnson interception was not his fault, nope. not Drew Locke's fault. Nope. And his best receiver was, like you said, a, clearly a decoy. And the announcers are almost always terrible, without exception. Sure. It, given this one exception, when they said, look, the Emmanuel Hall decoy thing, it's not working. George has figured it out. Yeah. If he's hurt, sit his ass on the bench because it is not making him any better yeah, you just, to run out. Now you're just playing 10 on 11. Right. And... You're, you're, his re-aggravating his injury, yeah. you know? So the, the problem I think Drew Locke has is that he can throw the ball deep, but at this point, we seem to only have one receiver who can get separation on go routes because mm-hmm. we did not even attempt long passes yep. without Emmanuel Hall everything, getting open. Everything else was, uh, was, uh, underneath. That's why Albert O had a big game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, most of Jonathan, had a lot of catches. Most of, uh, Jonathan Johnson's damage was done running those underneath drag routes. Which, you know, I was telling Caleb before the the, the uh, show, I was like, well, at least we have those now. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it was, it was a hypo offense, we would have just continued to throw to the outside, even though Emmanuel Hall was hurt, and would have just been three and outs all day long because mm-hmm. we would have refused to use the middle of the f- part of the field. Yeah. And you know, none of that underneath stuff, none of the tight end stuff would have been, just wouldn't have been in our playbook. Well, I'll tell you, this entire game, one of the things that is 
boggled my mind through the entire Barry Odom era is that one week an entire unit will shit the bed, and the next week that unit will look great, and the other unit will shit the bed. <laughs> you know, the defense in the first half was very solid. And in the second half, our secondary was exposed. Uh, AC is a terrible player. Everybody knows that AC is a terrible player. <laughs> Sparks is was horrendous. Yes. And then we talked before the game, the show started, Colin, about Cam Hilton, who wants to be a linebacker. Yeah. Because when he is driving towards the line of scrimmage, he's made some great plays. But by God, always when he drops into secondary, he's, he's never always there. out of position. Yeah. That we got exposed a little bit in the second half, but the defensive line, which was a big concern for Missouri fans all season long, and again, we didn't get much pressure on from, but they really contained the run. We stopped, we stuffed a couple of important fourth downs with that defense. You know, they were not the problem. Well, in the second half, when they threw that uh, little double move at that Sparks kid, and he just, that Georgia player ran wide open and caught a long <laughs> touchdown. I mean, that was just, where's your, where's your deep safety at? Where's Hilton at? Mm-hmm. He, he, that, maybe that's the play call, or maybe he's just, as always, out of position. Yeah. But, you know, if you watch most games, especially if you watch the NFL level, most of the time there's two deep safeties on every, the defensive call. On that play, once he had beat Sparks, he's gone. There is no deep safety back there. It's over. Well, more to the point on that play was that Fromm had all fucking well, day to the, throw that. So there was nobody attacking Fromm, and there was nobody defending that receiver. It looked like we didn't have 11 players on the field. Listen, double, it was such a bad play. Double moves, corner routes, post route, these things are very hard to defend. And most of the reason they get defended is not because the cornerback has got great coverage. It's because those are long developing plays, especially when you talk about double moves. And typically, quarterbacks just aren't got to have the time in the pocket to let that play develop and set up to make that throw. And that's what happened on that play is we got no pass rush. So whatever the Georgia receiver name eludes me now, but he's he's got his little in-and-out move. He's got his little double move, and he's going to the post. And it works because he's got all day to make that throw. If anybody on our defensive line can get anywhere near him, that guy's not out of his route making that move yet if there's somebody in the quarterback's grill but they just had all day. I yeah. thought the difference was the offense and defensive line. I think George's is just better than ours. That made Certainly. a big difference Certainly. in the game. Yeah. One of the things we've kind of skipped over, because we've talked about so many fucking weird things, special teams, Ugh. the Fatoni punt that uh. was blocked for a Georgia touchdown. Three guys... Yeah, trying the, to block six guys. The announcers pointed it out. Like they're not. I think the exact words was like, "I'm no punt blocking expert," but you know. And they circled that there were six guys coming at the punter, and we only had three guys black to block them. Oh yeah, they said there were five guys who could have blocked that punt, and he <laughs> yeah. did block it with his face. And to me, how does that happen? If you're the center snapping that, you've got to call that out. If you're the punter getting ready to punt, you got to call that out. If you're the special teams coach, if you're Barry Odom, how can you not identify that? It's not like it's not identifiable before the snap starts. No, you know what you're going to do. Yeah. If you're sending everybody out and you've only got three guys back in punt formation, I mean, you can see. it's That's the kind of stuff where, you know, I know there's going to be some people mad at Barry Odom, and this game did not raise my ire for Barry Odom necessarily at all. But that sort of th- situation there, that is piss-poor coaching. That's piss-poor preparation. I mean, you just gave them a touchdown. Well, Talking about Barry Odom complaints, I mean, the only complaint I have is that it is the third year where it looks like there is a lack of preparation. There is a lack of discipline. There are things that are just obvious fuck-ups that you cannot afford to do when you're playing the second-best team in the country, and we did all of those things. At the end of the first half, it was unbelievable that we were only down 13 points. Even late into the game when we were down 11 and we blocked a Georgia field goal, I thought, 
we're not out of this game. There's five minutes left, and yep. you, even though it hadn't happened yet, there at any point with Drew Locke, we can have a 60, 70 yard bomb. You know, it's like we weren't out of that game at any point, despite all of those fuck ups. That Georgia makes it entirely re- frustrating. Though our last two possessions went nowhere, and a big mm-hmm. part of that was Georgia started going into this prevent and sitting on all the underneath stuff, mm-hmm. which is really the only thing that had been working for us all Except night. the run. Well, but even the run wasn't working at that point. They were just, they're stacking the box. Waiting for the underneath stuff because at that point they knew Drew Locke was not going over the top. That that facet of our game, which had, has been so important in our last two wins, they realized was gone. So they could sit on all the underneath stuff. Oh, they talked they about stack, how they put their best corner on Albert O. Yeah, they point. can stack the box. They can they can watch that underneath throws because it's the only thing we had going for us. Nobody could get over the top. We had no Emmanuel Hall and uh, Nate Brown and. Uh, Jonathan Johnson just don't seem to be those types of receivers. Mm -hmm. What about Jalen Knox? Absent. Well, and I only saw them go at him once, but he's a freshman. I mean, you just can't expect him to to pick Mm -hmm. up where uh, Emmanuel Hall left off. But, yeah, there was nothing down the field, and so Georgia just started to go, all right, we got a big lead here. We're going prevent. We're going to give you a cushion. We'll let you catch the underneath stuff, and then we're just going to blast you. Yeah. And then, you know, you try running it up the gut, there's nothing going to be there for you. They Once you took away the threat, of going over the top, it just the offense just ground to a halt. Yeah, it's interesting. Whenever they were kicking into the construction zone, mm-hmm. that looks difficult for a kicker to me. You can barely see the goalpost. I yeah. feel like because there's so much weirdness going on back there. And uh, it was also when the game started. Now, granted, this was an eleven o'clock start time. The crowd wasn't there. It was. It looked half empty. Yeah. And I was like, oh god, we can't show up for the sec. You know, second best team in the country. But it filled up. Yeah, People were did. still getting their booze on. Mm. And it, oh, I should say, we are recording this way early compared to when we usually yeah, do. We, and we're, we're not drunk. Yeah, the SEC around the horn is going to be basically an incomplete for us. Yeah, because most of these teams either haven't started or not done. It's weird to not be drunk when we're recording a yeah, podcast. Sure it is. And I think that'll be reflected in our voicemails as well because yep. you know when yep. people are people are angry but not drunk, we're used to angry and drunk. Some mm-hmm. people like to wait till dark to drink. Yeah, That's weird. Weirdos. My motto is it's midnight in Moscow. (laughs) Let's drink. Can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Guys, should we uh, go to those voicemails now, do you think? Sure. A lot of you had thoughts. We're eager to hear what they are. And as I should say, as always, there's a progression to these voicemails. It's sort of a, it's sort of a dance Mm -hmm. because things are happening. The game, the calls are coming in throughout the game. You can tell the difference from when things good are happening, when things are bad happening, and when people have had time to process the entire game. And, uh, there's an ebb and a flow. So with all that bullshit being said, let's get into the voicemails now. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. This call is finding me way too sober, but Alex, that was far progress. Fucking stopped. I don't want to, it just must be fucking nice to be Georgia and be these, these real boy SEC teams that call Paul Fine on every day and just spout fucking retardedness. But we can't get the reps in our pocket like that and it's driving me a fucking wall. It's driving me up such a fucking wall right now. This is bullshit. They can suck a dick. Go Tigers. <laughs> the thing I noticed about this call was that it's one of the sadder Go Tigers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is uh, Tyler. I'm a Mizzou alum. Um, I just want to say Paul Adams is having a terrible game. I think he wears too much eye black, and I think he's got a little bit in his eyes because he needs to wake up and get his head in the game. Um, he might have been at 10 below last night because he's just having the worst game I've ever watched from a right tackle this season. Yep, that's all i got to say. Bye. That's a interesting theory. We'll mm-hmm. look into that. Are you kidding me? Nope. This is not how you play the number two team in the country. 
a fumble return for a touchdown, a pick return for 40 yards to the five-yard line, a missed field goal, a blocked punt, four turnovers in the first half. They haven't scored an offensive touchdown yet. Our defense is doing so good, and for the first time since forever, our offense is the one letting us down. We really, really got to pick it up. This first drive after the second half is going to be make it or break it. If we don't get points here, it's, it's over. Wasn't, points. wasn't forever since we've been bad offensively. I think it was 2015. Well, you know, and he makes a good point that we talked about in the midweek show. Like, the, the key to this game is going to be turnovers, us winning that turnover battle. We did not. Well, fuck. I don't know what's worse, that or just getting blown out. Might have preferred just getting blown out. We just got fucked by the rest, man. 29 to 40, 43. If you think about it, I think back to the field goal that they called back on us, that they called out. We had 32 points there. I think to the ball that was dropped before. I mean, she went past the end zone. That's seven points off the board for Georgia. And if you're, I mean, generous, seven on the board for Missouri. And then just dumb mistakes, man. Well, uh, I guess, I guess we're the second best team in the East. That's not, it's not too bad, right? M-I-Z. Sad. M-I-Z. Yeah. Sad, sad, sad. Sad M-I-Z. go Tigers. Sad M-I-Z's. M-I-Z. Yeah. Fucking Georgia. Every goddamn year. They can't fucking... I wish the referees would give us 17 points. That'd be nice. Oh, who else can win the East? It has to be Georgia. That's all I got. Yeah, I, I don't think this is the end of the bitching about the officials. And they're not wrong to do so. I mean, I know this is the staple of every team that loses, but goddamn we are getting fucked. Not in the way we like. Well, it's halftime. And the curious case of a bipolar Tigers continues. So the offense has gone to shit after a quarter. Their defense is playing well, so that's good. I'm not even mad. We're only down by 13. Thought it'd be a lot worse by now with the way our defense played last week. Spoiler alert. It looked like they were embarrassed and they're playing well, but our offense, you know, our offense and special teams, you know, they can't just make little mistakes like Georgia is with little penalties here and there. No. You gotta be catastrophic mistakes like, hey, let's not catch the ball and let it bounce off her hands right into a defender's hands. We've given Georgia 17 freaking points. We are the, our, well, at least our offense and our special teams is the best player Georgia has right now. Georgia looks beatable. We're just beating ourselves right now. That's what's crazy is like, I'm not that mad because we don't look that bad except for the catastrophic bonehead mistakes that fucking swing the game in their favor. Whatever. We look like an 8-4 team against a good team that's doing shitty right now. We should be doing better. Hopefully the offense can get out there, get a touchdown for us, but I have a feeling the old Drew Lock pick six specials coming up. Go Tigers, M-I-Z. He makes a good point. I mean, we really did. It just, we did not look like a team that was worlds worse than Georgia. We just perpetually shot ourselves in the foot. I'm watching this game right now. There's three minutes left in the third quarter. The refs are completely dicking us right now, like <laughs> no lube in our assholes. We're down nice. 14-33, but we're driving. We're going to see what we can do here. But this is frustrating so far. I never thought we had to beat the refs and Georgia. Straight bullshit. And our secondary still sucks, but that's all I got for now. I'll be back in later. Don't worry. I am worried. All right, final thoughts. Drew also plays horrible versus, like, actually good teams. So I don't think that we should ever rely on him to be, like, the Heisman candidate or we need a new quarterback. We need a dual threat quarterback. All right, oh, boy. Drew Locke does not get the job done. I mean, I'll settle with him for the rest of the year. After that, no. No, no, no. 
Well, I'm not a big football analyst and don't know a ton of things, but he is, I think, a senior. So uh, he will not be back next year. Well, and I, I fear wishing for something other than Drew Locke. I think you may be mistaken. Yeah, you may be other problems yeah, afoot. We've had dual-threat quarterbacks that yeah. can take us to a national championship game. We yeah. have some good ones. Yeah, no, for sure. People accused us of being guilty of not appreciating Jay Moore, but I think we were right about that. I think Jay Moore was terribly overrated based yeah, on the fact him. that we didn't have receivers. The guy couldn't catch a fucking ball, but I don't feel that way about Drew Locke. I think we should appreciate that uh, this guy is a pretty good quarterback. And no, he is not the type of guy who can just put the team on his shoulder and win in spite of drops and stupid officials and all that stuff. I think anybody can do that. If they're dropping the football, yeah, I mean, nothing you can do. I, I think, you know, not he didn't have a perfect game. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he didn't throw a single touchdown in this game. But don't wish for something other than Drew Locke just yet. <laughs> You're going to find out next Barry season. Barry Odom and defense go hand in hand like a bowl of milk and nails. Fucking atrocious. <laughs> I like it. No, it's true. It's true. Barry Odom should be a defense coach. Already. All right, because I have something to say. Barry Odom should be fired strictly for the fact oh. that he recruited Adam Sparks. Our the first uh, fire Barry of the year. Starter? Oh, get that man out of here. He Fire Barry Odom. <laughs> I don't need to hear it. Adam Sparks is like the worst cornerback. He looks like he's playing peewee football out there. He's fucking garbage. He can't guard anybody. Everybody get the catch on him, no matter what. Like, oh, my God. I'd rather have Garrett Sparks playing cornerback for us than Adam Sparks. Get him out of there. Oh, my Lord. Guy, like, ridiculous. Week four. This is our first uh, fire berry. Yeah. Not bad. Write it down. Hey, guys. Dr. Hurricane here. Long oh, time. Dr. Hurricane. I haven't called in a while, but after that game, whew, that was awful. I mean, Missouri played all right, but uh, that that officiating crew, uber fucking rapish. What kind of hot dumpster fire did they, did they pick them kids up out of? Did they, did they referee a fucking JB football game on Monday? Are you fucking kidding me? How many missed calls did they have? That is fucking terrible! 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 Well, it didn't look all that good, but our defense was better than expected. Jesus Christ, every time that Mizzou football game, you know, they, they just build you up, build you up, build you up, build you up, and just rip the heart right out of you. Out you say rip the farts out of you? Yeah. <laughs> he did say someone ripped a fart out of him. Yeah. I've never had that happen. Oh, I, I like have, his passion. I've been to prison. And have, you, have you noticed the uh, voicemails are getting a little bit drunk or a yeah, little, little bit angry? Well, they've had some time to work, work down to the a bottom more of that bottle. of this. Yeah, I had a little bit of that last night, Brennan. <laughs> what was his name? Boys, I'm going to be Hilarious. honest with you. upset with how Mizzou played the entire game. What I am upset with, the rest just taking Kirby Smart's cock and shoving it right up their asshole. Uh, I mean, really from the get-go, you know, what do you got here? No forward progress mm-hmm. on that fucking scooping score. Are you kidding me? Quit them is gonna <laughs> Close. Fucking, you know, Close. get dragged two yards backwards and nothing called, and then obviously the fumble you, you saw ahead. Also, let's not forget about that fucking pick play right there at the end of that stupid score on Drew Locke. Like, do I want him making that tackle anyway? No, he's going to break his fucking arm. He's going to be on ice when he's running. But <laughs> he will still throw a block there. I mean, he should really be an offensive lineman at that point. Two, that missed field goal there from fucking Tucker McKinnon. Uh, I shouldn't say Tucker McCant in this case because that field goal is clearly through the upside. I don't know how the fuck you call that no good, but Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going on with that? And then three, like, ESPN, come on, put some fucking money into our game. Let's get some fucking pylon camps here. Homeboy fucking dropped that ball about fucking three fucking inches before the fucking goal line. Sorry for all my fucks over here. I just, like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
right? <laughs> He's not that sorry. Yeah. Points right there, didn't fucking throw them their way. Guess what we lost for? Lost my boys. Uh, if my math is correct, it's 14. Oh, who would have guessed? Was it a complete L just because I know the rest were just taking Kirby Smart's cock right down their throat? My Either goodness. way, M-I-Z, let's not get them a few weeks from now. Let's go get South Carolina, though. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I feel confident in that. Was that the longest voicemail we've ever got? Maybe. I tell you what. I lost track of time. Was that one voicemail or did I miss something? Uh, I should say this this year. If you go over a minute, you might not get in the air because yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was a two minute voicemail, but it did feel like twenty five. Yeah. It did. Well, I don't. I've never jacked off, and I don't know if we're. It's probably not going to get any play. Really, but when you get the call wrong on a field goal, I mean, that's pretty blatant. That's pretty bad. I don't know what the punishment is or the grading system. I don't know how it all works for these officials, but I almost feel like it needs to be like in the NFL where when you break a rule, a really bad rule, you get fined in the offseason. Like, I want there to be some well, motivation no for these officials to be better at their jobs. They get graded on each game, and then what they'll do is they say, get, you, you've got to, you have to go do the Arkansas. Yeah, you get LL, the shitty bowl. LLU game. Letter school game. Letter school game. Yeah. And get paid the same. Hey guys, it's Mike. I'm sitting in section O, like I do, every game, and you see the ball drop before the line. I mean, come on, SEC, have some pylon cams. It's not the SEC, simple. it's ESPN. Everybody does it. Well, not everybody, but anyways, I hate those games it. like that. I hate seeing Mizzou lose, but I mean, they were in that game, and just too many turnovers, block punt, Johnson, that's 14 points off the board. I mean, it's just right there. They were, very competitive. It just didn't go our way. And I hate, hate saying that. I'm just not going to get mad like I used to. Bullshit. But anyways, M-I-Z, I guess there's South Carolina and we can go 10-2 this season. I just want to say, man, those Georgia fans, ton of respect for them. Real class act. Kirby uh, Smart, great coach. Real class act. Great. And goddamn, fuck those motherfucking rats. They can eat a bag of dicks. God fucking <laughs> damn it. M-I-Z. you. Hey, boys. This is Todd in Florida. That was the worst game I have ever seen. What, where, what is Barry Odom doing? What is he doing? Another Barry Odom Did hater. Did we hire him for special teams? Oh, okay. We have nothing going there. Did he, we hire him for defense? No. We are crowning their asses. The press box super fans are crowning him for giving up 500 yards. The Georgia who wasn't even trying to gain yards. So what are we doing? What are we doing? This is the best thing that he's ever going to have with Drew Locke, Terry Beckner, and we're totally lost a game that we should have won. Am I the? I don't know. I mean, especially on special teams. I, another thing, you know, like you wishing for, you know, looking over the fence to greener grasses. Tucker McCann's a pretty good kicker, and he made that kick. Mm-hmm. And, and he's getting better and better. We got, I mean, a, we got a really good punter, mm-hmm. and obviously we gave up a block punt because of retarded uh, play calling. And we also have, I think, a pretty good returner now in Beatty. He looks faster and seemed to be a little more elusive. I like that kid. Yeah, me too. He looks good. Any chance, he, any, every time he gets the ball in his hands, I feel like there's a, he's got some electricity to him. And that is something on special teams in the return game, especially that I have, we have sorely lacked for some time. Listen, I get the special teams uh, frustrations, especially with the block punt, but I think right now you can be relatively happy with the special teams talent, you know, where it was going on. It, this week, it, I mean, it was one major catastrophic fuck up. Yeah. But everything else, I mean, yeah. that uh, missed kick was not a missed kick. So, I yeah. mean, what else do you have to complain about? Yeah. One last call, boys. Hey, guys. This is Todd again. I forgot to say hot. 
garbage. Hot garbage. What's Barry doing? Everything he touches Back turns to the Barry to shit. Mm-hmm. Absolute hot dog water. Hot dog water. <laughs> bullshit. I want him gone. He needs gone. Somebody the likes the drops. Sucks. Yeah, the he does. Team sucks. All Love we have is offense, which he has nothing to do with. Love what it. is he doing? He's collecting a check to drink the fucking stag beer. Get him out. Schlafly <laughs> now. Schlafly now. We switched him over. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. Well, maybe we can bring some of that up with Barry later because Barry's going to be on the show. Yeah, that's right. We're after we're going to call in from uh, have a break and get up to old Coach Odom so yeah. he can explain what he thought about that game. I need to ask him if we're still going dog hunting. <laughs> yeah, it's almost season. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the 11 a.m. start games are a lot less drunk with voicemails mm-hmm. than they are. So uh, my advice to the listeners would be drink faster and drink more early. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll have a lot more show after this. We're going to take our first break and be back with Coach Odom. This is the Mazodcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. She cold as ice, her heart is stone She always right, I'm always wrong I'm not gonna hold you, I'm not gonna cradle I'm not gonna cuddle, she moves some waves And we're back This is the artist Mouse Sucks and his new single, Ways. If you'd like to send in your original music, you can send it to mizodcast at gmail.com and we'll get it on the air for you. As we promised before the break, we have a special guest. Head coach Barry Odom is on the line. Coach, are you there? Hey, boys, what's going on? Well, we were just talking about this football game. There's a lot of different emotions going on about it. A lot of listeners called in and told us they were frustrated with the officiating, some of the play calling, some of the uh, mistakes this team has made. How do you feel about what the Tigers did this morning at uh, Furrow Field? Well, listen, fellas, man, they played a good game. The Bulls really worked hard. You know, uh, hey, you're not going to win them all, especially against a good team like Georgia. I mean, them them guys get paid to play football, too. You know, (laughs) you're not just going to walk on the field and just wax them. You know, I cannot express to you how awful they were, but we're not going to throw that on them. You know, we had a responsibility to this football team, to our fans, to win this football game, and we had our opportunities, and we let them slip through our fingers. Yeah, what did I, I want to circle back to those officials? There were several calls that were, seemed very catastrophic for the Tigers and led to some Georgia points. In the moment, how did you feel about the uh, what the officials did, and did you say anything to the officials while you were on the field? Well, I mean, you know, in the moment, you get pretty upset. I mean, obviously, I was hollering a little bit. You know, I mean, what I felt in the moment was, I, you know, I wanted to take those officials, and I wanted to tear their heads from their bodies, and I wanted to piss down the open sockets of their neck and then burn them and make their families and friends and children watch. And then I would then have my way with their wives and daughters and then bury all of their loved ones in a deep, deep ditch. I mean, that was my, my instinct in the moment. But, you know, as a head coach of a football team, you can't always give in to those sorts of emotions. you just got to plow on to the next play. I'd go ahead and say that any person probably shouldn't give in to those emotions, head coach well, or sure, not. Sure, you could, you could argue that. <laughs> yeah. So did you say anything to the officials from the sideline? 
I mean, you know, I said basically what I just told you, boys. You know, I will murder your family and I will come and and and, and end your life and those sorts of things. But uh, you know, that's the call's been made. You know, all the threats to to dismember them and their loved ones in the world don't really do much. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, did you have anything to say to Jonathan Johnson after he let a uh, Drew Block pass? Oh, don't get me started on Jonathan, boy. Did he shit the better what? My goodness gracious. Uh, you know, I, I, during the game, I'm the head coach. I've got bigger fish to fry. I mean, I'm, I haven't talked to the wide receivers and the offensive coordinators about it, that specific play yet, but I hope that they impress to, to Jonathan how disappointed that is and how much he will also be murdered if he does not correct that sort of uh, uh, behavior. Coach, it sounds like you have a, uh, a tendency towards violence when it comes to these sorts of situations. Well, well boys, you got to understand that, I mean, this is football. This is a game, you know, and it's not a difficult game. It is not a, it's not a hard game to understand. I mean, my wife understands how it works, you know, and she's a woman. Okay. So well. if, if, a, if a guy who's on scholarship can't figure out how to catch a fucking football, you know, I feel like, you know, murder is a, is a natural instinct. I'm not saying you should act on those instincts. I mean, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying it's. A, I feel like it's a natural a feeling to have, you know, murder, oh. rageful, rageful murder. All right. Well, you do have a bye week coming up, Coach, and what lessons do you think can be learned and what do you want to do in practice to prepare for South Carolina, which could be one of the biggest matchups of the season uh, for the Tigers here in the Eastern Division? Boys, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of at a loss. I, what do you think you should do? I, I, you know, I mean, we're going to practice playing football, but, I mean, that doesn't seem to be working, especially with the secondary. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm at a loss. These, these guys, you know, they, they look at me like I'm supposed to have the answers. And I'm like, listen, guys, I don't know what the fuck you want. You know, <laughs> we just, we, we go figure it out. I don't know why everybody's looking at old Barry like he's supposed to have some sort of fucking grand solution. Well, you're, you know, the, you're the head coach. Better, you know you're, what I mean? You're the head coach. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, but, you know, that doesn't mean I'm supposed to have all the answers. Yeah, I don't know about that. Coach, uh, what about uh, punt coverage? Are you going to practice some of that? We had a, a disastrous play. Yeah, where... yeah. I uh, I don't know what happened there. You know, um, I sent you know, one, of the, one of the student aides out for an abacus. I'm going to give it to the, uh, the special teams coach. We count how many people are supposed to be blocking. I think that will help. You know, maybe a Texas Instruments calculator. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Sure. Well, that's, uh, that can't hurt, I suppose. Uh, no, we... I wouldn't think so. We were a little bit uh, surprised pleasantly the way the uh, defensive line particularly played in the first half against Georgia after you know giving up a lot of points to Purdue. We uh, held Georgia in check offensively. Uh, what, what do you chalk that up to? Mostly Georgia's play calling, honestly. But, yeah, they played okay. They played okay. I mean, I don't want to give them too much credit. I mean, they didn't do that well. But, you know, in the first half, a combination of us playing better and Georgia's doing some really kind of bad play calling, you know, being stupid. You know, it helped us a great deal. And if you really feel like we should have ended the first half with a lead if it hadn't been for the goddamn officials who should all die of gonorrhea and rotten hell. Sure, sure. Uh, one last question I have for you, Coach. Missouri's secondary is problematic and frightens us, frankly. They've given up a lot of big plays on blown coverage. And have you got an answer there? Well, I mean, I think, uh, as usual, I'm uh, sitting down that young Mr. Sparks and uh, obviously AC and, you know, threatening him with murder and physical violence, you know, dismembering family members, burning down their house and everyone they ever loved. Basically, that sort of thing. We'll see if we can't get him out of it. Well, that sounds good. All right, Coach, uh, you got uh, extra time to prepare this week. Are you going to do anything to uh, let off steam, get rid of some stress before uh, 
Well, you know, hey, I got the week off, so that's going to be nice. You know, no, no going to football facilities this week for Ontario. Wait, wait, you're not going to the neighborhood, <laughs> and uh, could you could use some target practice. You know, so uh, you you probably work on that a little bit, drink a little beer, watch a little soccer. You know, oh, and uh, we'll get we'll get back to it in a, a week from now when we, when we start practicing again. So you're not going to do anything for your? You're not going to prepare for an entire week? Well, no, it's a bye week, man. This is our week off. I'm, I've I've got things I got to get done. I've got. Hey, Mrs. Odom's got some some hunting some things on the hunting do list that I got to get to, guys. You know what I mean? He can't all do football. Oh well, you know? you're the coach. You're the coach. All right, Barry Odom, thank you so much for joining us again after a uh, tough loss to Georgia and uh, heading into the bye week. Hey, you bet your boys, M I Z Z O U. Well, as usual, uh, it's always a little disconcerting talking to head coach Barry Odom, especially knowing that he's going to take a week off. Yeah, yeah. I do like his threat and physical violence policy. I think it goes with our voicemails. Yeah, I mean, I feel yeah. like the fan base and Barry Odom have a lot in common when it comes to the, the reaction to poor play. I agree. All right, guys, let's get on to our most important segment we ever do. It's Kansas News. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. A popular fat-reducing procedure can make you fatter. <laughs> a Kansas woman sues over a rare side effect. That seems like a bit counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah but it uh, definitely seems like the snake oil that Kansans would buy. Sure. A popular body contouring procedure that's supposed to freeze away stubborn bulges for good did the opposite for a Kansas woman. Now she's suing a Wichita plastic surgery clinic, claiming it failed to warn her of a rare plumping side effect of cool sculpting. In addition to seeing fat increase in her body, the woman developed a benign tumor in her liver after she underwent non-surgical fat cell freezing. Yeah. Uh, I think most Kansas livers are pretty beaten up anyway. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. I've got the secret to weight loss, Brennan. Uh, yeah. They need not spend thousands of dollars at their local plastic surgeon. Eat less, move more. Well, I don't know, Colin. I think you just broke some news here on the Mazai cast. Uh, yeah. That's a pretty big... It's amazing thing. to me that three books a day can come out that are about know, 500 diet. pages about diet and exercise and, and how to lose weight. And it's like, just... You know, eat less, move more. I think it's fair to say that no, no Kansans are reading those books because they are, <laughs> yeah, in fact, that's books. That's true. That's true. Touche. The lawsuit accuses Dr. Bruce Ferris and his plastic surgery center, as well as cool sculpting makers, of not telling staff who performed the procedure about the known hazards and risks. It also alleges that companies violated the Kansas Consumer Protection Act, which apparently exists, which bars deceptive and unconscionable business practices. I didn't know there were plastic surgeons in Kansas. I know. Do you have an info on that? I'm wondering if it won't work for my cock. Mm. So I can <laughs> start a plumping to, aspect? Yeah. I can plump it up so I can titty fuck. Mm. <laughs> yeah, finally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't know there were doctors in Kansas. I didn't know, plastic yeah. surgeons. Well, there's barbers, you know, yeah, and for, sure. for bleedings and, and mm -hmm. yeah. legions. Yeah. The <laughs> woman is seeking more than $75,000 in damages, which we cannot convert into Kansas money or prairie duck pelts. Sure, sure. Take it to the apothecary. And get all the medicine you need. According to her lawsuit, Hammond had the fat freezing procedure done at the clinic in 2016 after sales reps told her that the procedure was extremely safe and guaranteed significant reduction in stubborn fatty areas and had no downtime afterwards. I'm starting to get kind of interested in this. Mm -hmm. At no time was the plaintiff advised of any risk. After receiving the treatments, 
She suffered significant pain, swelling, and redness at the treated areas for several weeks. Everything except the pain, Caleb, uh, sounds all right for the old cock. Yeah. yeah. Swelling and redness, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> swelling and purpleness. I wonder if it raises sensitivity, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I was begging for too much there, I think. <laughs> I think yeah. Caleb needs decreases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's what the whiskey's for, Brennan. My wife can't handle more than 37 seconds anyway. <laughs> that's what she tells Caleb anyway. She's like, no, honey, that's all I wanted. That's- that's all I wanted. She's very satisfied. I'm very satisfied. Yeah. No, you did great. Certainly now, no one's done better. Listen, mm-hmm. to Caleb's uh, everlasting tribute and to his wife's satisfaction, Caleb eats so much pussy, shit and clits. You know what I mean? So his old lady is more than satisfied in certain ways. Yeah, good for you, Caleb. Yeah, I've got the stain rubbed off my footboard for my feet being down there. So <laughs> you are a hopeless romantic. Yeah. And a giver. Yeah, a caring nurturer. More Kansas health news today. Nurses asked to falsify patient health records at Kansas Hospital. Not not surprising. Kansas-based Blue Valley Hospital nurses told CMS inspectors that they were asked to falsify patient records to include medical complications that would justify keeping patients in the hospital longer. Like he had demons in his head. We had to put the drill on and, and get him out. <laughs> and that takes time. Nurses divulged this information to CMS inspectors in a survey that resulted in the hospital losing Medicare reimbursements. While the nurses refused to carry out special requests, to falsify patient health records, inspectors found several other red flags at the hospital's clinical and administrative processes, some of which compromise patient care delivery. The care facility primarily provides bariatric procedures. After CMS revoked its certification, Blue Valley Hospital lawyers filed an appeal to the district court to keep receiving reimbursements until the appeal was heard. Bariatric is a fancy medical term for being real fucking fat. <laughs> is that right? Case, just in case people didn't know. I assume any Kansas medical treatment is for being big fucking fat ass. Well, our first story would would, would lend itself to that thing. Exactly. Thinking. There's been no effect on existing patients and the hospital is still accepting new patients, Blue Valley Hospital attorney said. Blue Valley Hospital is still very hopeful that this entire issue will be resolved quickly and appropriately. Appropriately means they'll shut it down. <laughs> yeah. Blue Valley yeah. Hospital sounds more like a veterinary clinic. Yeah, it really does. I don't know that there's a difference in Kansas. Yeah, you know, but like I said, for those that don't know, bariatric is just a code for real fucking fat. So, uh, cause, you know, doctors can't say, yeah, uh, we're well, checking your chart here and it says you're real fucking fat. <laughs> they have to say, you've got some bariatric issues. <laughs> Do you hear the word morbid a lot? <laughs> <laughs> more Kansas health news. How unhealthy is the city of Wichita. <laughs> Very healthy. Anybody want to take guesses? Guess. Yeah. <laughs> Very unhealthy. Uh, if getting to the gym and keeping up with your meal planning has been a little bit of a struggle lately, you might not be alone. Wichita is one of the unhealthiest cities in America, according to a study by the website WalletHub. To complete the study, WalletHub compared 174 cities, the 150 most populated in the United States, plus at least two of the most populated cities in each state. Of those cities, Wichita was ranked the 25th unhealthiest. 25th? Boy, that's actually lower than I thought, but I guess there's the whole South to think about. That's right. The uh, three healthiest cities were San Francisco, Seattle, and Portland. The unhealthiest were Augusta, Georgia, Laredo, and Brownsville, Texas. All those dirtbag liberals and their healthiness. Way to to own the libs by being fat. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking own those libs. Teach them a lesson. We'll show them. We'll drink gravy direct from the can. (laughs) As you predicted, Colin, the three unhealthiest were below the Mason-Dixon line. Weird. How would I know that? (laughs) Pure logic. (laughs) They hate dieting and Nike. (laughs) Just do it. 
Carnival Mafia members order killing of a Wichita couple. I can't wait for this story. <laughs> oh, bring it. It sounds bring like a winner. Kansas police say one of four carnival workers accused of dumping the bodies of a slain Kansas couple had ordered the killings while posing as a Carnival Mafia member. The Kansas Democrat Gazette reports that the carnival workers were charged this week in Crawford County Circuit Court. The charges include abuse of a corpse in the death of Alfred and Pauline Carpenter. Van Buren police say one of them posed as a Carnival Mafia member named Frank Zatchik. And so hold on a minute. Before we get any further, Brennan, can mm-hmm. you explain to me what a Carnival Mafia member is? The article seems to assume everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Does the Carnival have a uh, a big mafia that I'm just unaware of? I just I, went to a Carnival. I didn't I didn't notice any didn't mafia see anybody. members. But didn't but, see anybody named Big Pussy or... They wear zoot suits. Or, <laughs> yeah. A lot of jumpsuits. A lot of tank tops and chest hair I'm and gold medallions. I'm assuming just one of the clowns. Yeah. yeah. You know. Okay. Okay. Well, I assume everyone who works at a carnival is breaking a crime at any one moment, but I didn't know that they were organized crimes. Yeah, breaking breaking the law just, you know. How has there not been a show it? about this? They've been like know. Amish Mafia. Yeah. Well, you take The Sopranos and Carnival from HBO and you just mash them together Ooh, and make one show. That'd be real good. I'd mm-hmm. watch that. Sure. I, I think Hi. that's... <laughs> we need to get in touch with somebody because I think Carnival Mafia, name alone... That's that's a winner. Yeah, in deep cable television. Maybe yeah, we should trademark. It. You get the name first, and then you write the show. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, a probable cause affidavit released Thursday revealed new information about the death of the Wichita couple. According to the affidavit, police received information that a woman had been kidnapped by a couple who also kidnapped and murdered an elderly couple in Great Bend, Kansas. Police were told the couple was staying at Vista Hills apartment in Van Buren. Officers went to the location where they found the woman as well as Myrna Khan, Rusty Frazier, and Michael Fowler, whoever the fuck they are. A one-ton pickup truck that belonged to the Carpenters was also found near the apartments, but the couple were not in it. The affidavit said due to the lies Khan told the police about the whereabouts of the Carpenters, all three were taken to the police department for an interview. Do they have a caravan? So I'm, I still haven't heard motive here. So they just like murdering? They steal from them? I mean, what was the point? They stole the they stole the caravan. Well, I know, but it's, you don't murder for a caravan, do you? Yeah, you do. You burn it down. Huh. I've never watched Carnival on HBO. I feel I like that would either. answer all our questions. Yeah, it is a strange article. Yeah. What do you think I they did to the body? There's still it no sounds, motive for murder. Yeah, I don't understand. It, sound, it sounds like they maybe fucked the body after it was dead. Is that intercourse? Intercourse the motive? Yeah. Generally, should we just assume that? In Kansas, if there's a murder, that corpse intercourse is probably the motive. Or they refuse to block a punt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. That, that's that's part of the mafia thing is that you get butt-fucked after you die. Huh. They don't cut off a horse. Carnival mafia. Yeah, it's carnival don't, mafia. Don't, don't discredit the, the mafias of our, the real mafia of our New Jerseys send, and New Yorks. They may send a horse head you know, <laughs> yeah. to your house on there. But Kansas and the Carnival Mafia. It's corpse butt-fucking. They fuck you in the ass after you're dead. Oh, I learned something new from this podcast every single week, Brennan. Well, we have one more story of the day for you. Caleb, did Kansas play football? I know we're doing this early, but has Kansas recorded a score? They did play football today. Who they, they play against? The Baylor Rapists. Oh, sure. Uh, I know them. Yes. The, the Fighting Art Briles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they played and lost twenty six to seven, and that back to uh, normal, folks. Yeah, and that <laughs> is uh, everything's right in the that's world. That's a bad loss because Baylor is really bad right now. Yeah, they used to rape people. They're ba- they, you know, they you say they've been used sanctioned to, like, to death. Yeah. <laughs> they've been sanctioned to death. Yeah, yeah. They have three scholarships and used to rape people, <laughs> yeah. and Kansas now lost. now they just beat Kansas. University sure. sanctioned rapings, I believe. Yeah, is exactly. What yeah, I think that's what you refer to it as. It happens at Baylor. They raped so much you'd think they were in the Big Ten. And- <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a Christian oh, university. Baptist, yeah, well, super I mean, Baptist. Baptist Christian. You know, they're 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 a religious university yeah, as well. Moral up, yeah, exactly. Citizens, sure, right? Sure. Yeah, they're rape. 
Hoo-hoo. Right. You'll have that on big jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking about the Big Ten and all their uh, picadillas, and I was thinking of like the lions and tigers and bears from the Wizard of Oz. You have mm-hmm. Michigan State, Penn State, now Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You've got pedophile, rapist, and wife beaters. Mm-hmm. There's not that many teams in the conference, but three of them are just awful, awful, awful organizations. Yeah, if only you could get like Florida State from the ACC to join the crowd mm-hmm. with uh, their sure. raping and crab stealing from what years past. Yeah, because uh, James Winston, as we all know, is a rapist. <laughs> yeah, a dirty, dirty rapist. He would. He should have gone to Baylor. Yeah, he really should have. Mm-hmm. Fit right in. It's funny because I feel like the crab stealing was more of a stink yeah. than, the, the, uh, than the rape, than the brutal raping. Yeah, well, you know. Oh, well, in this day and age, it's okay to rape. You just can't steal things. Right. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's NCAA. got his, you know, Jimbo Fisher's got his own instead of his co- own code. Yeah. Say. Interesting to see what Jimbo will take to Texas. I, don't know, I feel A&M like the last couple of years in uh, our country, rape has become less and less of a concern. God, <laughs> you know what I mean? Christmas. I think we're going backwards on that topic. Well, according to the NCAA, I think you're right. I mean, you know, uh, was it SMU years ago who got the death penalty yeah. for uh, paying players? Yeah. That, <laughs> Now you can pay players and they can rape people, and it's yeah. just like, yeah, we're going to take yeah. a few scholarships away. North Carolina was just giving grades to its basketball team, and they're like, well, I don't know. Don't do it anymore. Yeah, sure. And Baylor was raping away. <laughs> yeah, I saw an article the other day where they uh, suspended some Kentucky soccer players for playing soccer with the Foo Fighters band, but... If you rape somebody, doesn't matter. No problem. Sure. And don't forget Even if you do it 36 years ago, it's not that big a deal. And I think we're leaving off the obvious that the Kansas basketball team, they're no stranger to raping. No. They are rapists. Yeah. Sure they are. 16-year-old girls in a hotel, if I recall. Yeah. Something like that. No penalties. No. Just fine. Rape, rape, rape. Hey, it's his word against, against, uh, you know, their word. You know, college sports. Interesting devil. We, you know, we're all big college sports fans, but absolutely, good heavens, it is dark yep. and evil. Well, some of the things that go on, I think, just without punishment. And most of these guys are tremendous athletes their whole life, and from about the time they're in seventh grade on, they have just been given free reign to do and say whatever they want because they are such tremendous athletes. And then you get to college, and the microscope is a little more focused, and the lights are a little bit brighter, and you just don't get away with raping people no more. You know, Brennan? This is not the guy. You're, be- you're expected to behave like an adult, even though you've never been treated like one because your whole life human, you've been... Not even an adult, a human being. Yeah, who doesn't rape people. This is I not- shouldn't say an, not raping is an adult characteristic. I mean, it's, it's just a hu- oh, basic wait, human wait. decency. Yeah, if you're, if you're not the Catholic Church, you can't expect to get away with it for hundreds of years. <laughs> exactly. Fuck. Can't yeah. get it right. Well, that maybe that's what screwed up the Baptist at Baylor. The yeah. other Catholics are doing it just fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, as a Catholic, I would have told them, listen... You know, we seem to get away with it just dandy. Maybe Give it a try. Need, maybe we need to look into Notre Dame a little more closely. Yeah, no doubt. What are they up to? No, I don't want to know. This podcast is taking a disturbing turn. Yes, it's it has gone off the rails. But it is Kansas news, so that will happen. Yeah, it'll. You're gonna you're gonna deal with some rape in Kansas news. Carnival rape. That was an odd one. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's. I think it's we're overdue for our second break of the day. We're going to come back and we are going to have SEC around the horn, and it's going to be a weird one because uh, half the games haven't been played yet. Sure, but we can look forward to next week. So stay tuned. This is the Mazodcast. What's up, dum dums? It's your good friend Colin here. And I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine, and that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year they pump out over 50 unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly beer as a Mazodcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazodcast fan, 
a true Missourian, and a true American, buy you some Schlafly beer and get blackout, piss drunk, responsibly. Schlafly beer. But I fell off the wagon, had my horse run. Well, she put me to the test, that little girl with a red dress on. And now my And we're back, and this is the song Gary from the band Von Carr. Thank you for sending in your music. It's time for us to look around the rest of the SEC with SEC Around the Horn. We, we, we break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. All right, Colin, would you do us the honors and uh, start up the old Paul Feinbot? As you wish. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. All right, thanks for joining us, Paul. Yes, sir. Okay, Caleb, like we said, it's early. I think it's 6.30 Central Time when we're recording this. What games do we have in the books for this week? Well, A&M and Alabama just finished up, and uh, Alabama won that game 45-23. to Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, so uh, more respectable than I thought it would be. Yeah, um, but another bloodletting for Alabama, yeah, though. They still forced their turds way up there, but not you, as bad as it could have been, I what, suppose. What, Texas A&M, I think they were ranked, weren't they? Yeah, they were ranked 22. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to stay in the top 25 after they that They look like not. a good team up to this 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 game. I, I, it's just hard to know what anybody is against Alabama. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like They just beat everybody so handily. It's like, does that mean A&M's bad, or does that just mean they're a pretty good college football team? They're just not Alabama. Yeah, they scored 23 points. I mean, they can, they scored somewhat consistently against a very good Alabama team. And People are talking about it being the best Alabama team ever. And we didn't watch this yeah. game, obviously, but... Who knows? In the fourth quarter, Alabama may have just shut the faucet off. So four, maybe they only scored 45, and they could have scored 65. They scored on the first play of the game. Yeah, You're right about that. And they didn't help Old Miss last week. No. Well, speaking of Old Miss, they played today, too. Old Miss played Kent State and won 38-17. <laughs> that was an interesting one because there were several delays in that game because of lightning and torrential downpours. It took forever. It started at the same time as the Mizzou game, but ended far later. And uh, Kent State gave them quite a game, I think, in the first half. Yeah, it was close in the first half. Uh, that's got to be troublesome for Ole Miss. I mean, Kent State, who the fuck are they? Uh, we all know Ole Miss has got a good offense and a crap defense, but you yeah. didn't expect – you expected it last week against Alabama, you didn't expect it against Kent State. And then we have still going on the South Carolina and Vandy game delayed in the third quarter with South Carolina up 30-14. to 14. <sighs> Yeah. God damn it, Vanderbilt. Like, when we – Started recording this podcast and turned off that game. Uh, it was like seventeen to fourteen. Yeah, I was really hoping that, I, that Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt would give them more of a game. Yeah, and um, obviously Vanderbilt has done what Vanderbilt does. They're back to playing now with eleven minutes to go in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
Well, when you listen to this, you'll know more than we do. Mm-hmm. We got any other games going on we'll right some now? Some live action. Uh, LSU is up seven and nothing over Lawrence Taylor University. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are Lawrence Taylor's children. You all, mentioned? Of, all of Lawrence's children. Uh, it's early in the game though, so the they got a chance to bring it on back. Sure. Yeah, and LT he's got good genetics, so yeah. I expect yep. it to be a quite a ball game. Yeah, absolutely. And then the only other game going on is Mississippi State and Kentucky. Six minutes left in the first, no score. Kentucky is supposed to be good, better than what we've yeah, seen in the ever past. Ever resurgent. Yeah, but uh, Mississippi State's supposed to be really good. Uh, I take that back. We do have a Florida-Tennessee with Florida up 7 nothing now. I am curious about this one because uh, Florida and Tennessee were both big, fat turds last year mm-hmm. and appear to be turds now. Yeah, it's the battle of the shit show. And do you guys have a rooting interest in this? Do you want to see one team over the other? I would rather see Florida always win more than Tennessee, and I don't yeah. like Florida. But no. I just, since we've been in the SEC, uh, no um, fan base has been more dismissive of the Mizzou Tigers than Tennessee, despite us, you know, having a winning record against them. I don't agree. And winning two more East champion or East uh, Division championships than them. No. And uh, you know, a myriad of other uh, accolades that we have uh, gotten and that they don't have. No, they're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Caleb, I guess, uh, tell us what games are going to be on for the that we haven't seen because I bet we can predict how they're going to be. Oh. Absolutely. Let's do this. We have the Arkansas-Auburn game. It's the only game coming up. <laughs> Arkansas might be the worst team in the SEC right now. Oh, Arkansas is likely as bad as we've seen them since we've been in the conference. I've actually seen Arkansas fans talk about how terrible Yeah, I would say. I mean, if, it, if they were playing Vanderbilt right now, I'd... Do you think they yeah, want Bielema back? <laughs> Well, yeah, so sometimes better the devil you know. I don't agree. Yeah. I, Chad Morris is not having a lot of luck. Of course, he's dealing with dealing his players. So, yeah. I mean, he, maybe he just left the covered bear as well. They had such high expectations for Brett Bielema, and he really threw them into the toilet hard. Sure he did. And SEC West is not a place where you want to swim in the, in the toilet. toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I, no. ru- I ruined his life after I fucked his wife. You're right about that. You know, you know whether it's Bulimia or uh, or Butch Jones, I mean, you talk about two coaches that came in with a lot of fanfare who just went out as complete and utter disasters. Everybody was talking about how great they were going to be under mm-hmm. these guys and how great the recruiting was. We're still listening to how great Tennessee's recruiting is. Oh, yeah. We had that guy who predicted Wyoming to beat Missouri, and he mm-hmm. was talking about how great they were doing the recruiting. And he brought recruit. up to him, like, well, that... Yeah, we heard that we've heard that line for five years under Butch Jones. It never panned out. Why right. is it going to work out this time around? Tennessee's fans. Yeah, because we're I'm a Tennessee fan, and <laughs> it's Tennessee. Well, let's uh, move forward since that's all we got this week. To uh, what's coming up next week? All right, week five we have A and M visiting Arkansas, which I think A and M should uh, go ahead and dominate that game. Yeah, one would hope. But we Texas A and M. Thank you. Paul. Yeah, I think anybody who plays Arkansas, we're just call it a win and move right on on that one, especially after the tub thumping they got against Alabama. They'll be looking for blood. Yeah, speaking of Paul, did you see that Drew Locke was uh, on the Feinbaum show this uh, this week? Who is Drew Locke? Despite the fact that he's a senior. Been been here for four years, Paul. (laughs) Um, I don't know. (laughs) Next week, we've got South Carolina and Kentucky playing each other. Again, this will be an interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. It looks like uh, South Carolina is doing okay against Vanderbilt. Kentucky should be better than Vanderbilt, but sure. uh, we'll know more about Kentucky after the game played tonight. And then we're uh, we're into some word schools here. Oh. Events uh, word schools, schools or letter schools? Oh yeah, word schools first. Letter, letter schools. Yeah. So we've got Alabama playing the University of Luscious Labias. Mm. Alabama. Oh, Luscious Labias. I've been to before, Brendan. I think I'm going to go ahead and pick Alabama over the Luscious Labias. <laughs> Alabama. 
At Nick Saban, risk. bold prediction. Right? Nick Saban. I hear they're tough. <laughs> well, they say there's only two things in this world you cannot wear out, and that is a pussy and a hog's nose. That I don't know if that's scientific. <laughs> I believe I believe it is. That comes from a very that saying comes from a very rural part of Missouri. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I think you do. <laughs> yeah, he would know if anybody does. Then we have Ole Miss playing LSU. Ah, uh, well, I think from what we've been seeing, LSU should not have a problem there. Yeah. Right. Good ball club. And then back to our favorites at Tennessee getting to play Georgia. At Georgia. Oh, Georgia's going to kill them. Yeah. They are a really good football team. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. And I think Vandy will get on the, the back on the winning track next week at home against uh, Ted Nugent State University. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Letter school. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Nugent, hey, nice. Vanderbilt. Out of northern Michigan. The fighting cat scratch fevers. They carry guns on the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're fantastic. <laughs> I think Vandy wins that game. Yeah, over Ted Nugent. Yeah, yeah, if they don't, you know, get killed. Yeah, Vanderbilt. Sure. And then, oh, another word and letter here. We've got Auburn playing the University of Southern Meth Heads. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Auburn, Auburn. Auburn by 50. Mm-hmm. Auburn. Yep, I, I, I take that bet. And the last game uh, this week is Mississippi State and Florida playing uh, in Mississippi. Again, I think Mississippi State will have no problem yeah, with Florida the game. Yeah, Florida have a quarterback. You need one of those. Mississippi State. How does a team like Florida not have a quarterback? We well, they let him go to West Virginia. Yeah. That was His name's the... Will Greer. He plays at West Virginia now. He's real good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's not a Florida game. But it, it does bring to, you know, we've talked about it before, Caleb. How does a team with as much prestige as a uh, Florida program have that Frank's kid playing quarterback and, and, and Del know. Rio before him garbage fucking garbage and it's a it's a school with prestige that has nice weather and a great campus it's and, not like Nebraska yeah. is getting their ass kicked yeah that has prestige which they, we should mention that's awesome Nebraska is absolutely getting their shit packed uh, right now I don't know how with their new these, fucking Jesus coach their new Messiah I don't know how some of these schools survive on name alone because they're not great campuses and not a great place for kids yeah to go. who's gonna fucking Nebraska and the, what gets me is like Scott Frost, whatever. I, it doesn't change the fact that these those guys really haven't been legit in 25 years. Like it is, it's closing in on a long goddamn time since Nebraska has yeah, actually been Lawrence good. Yeah, Phillips hasn't beat his girlfriend and dragged her down a staircase since 1997. Yeah, good I mean, point. it's it's. At what point does Nebraska stop being you know this blue chip program and start just being another trash bag out there in the fucking Big Ten? They won't let them die. Oh, Nebraska just got throttled by Michigan, who is not a world beater. I mean, Michigan's a solid football team, but, you know, they're not top five. It doesn't make any sense. No. That's it. Bye week for Mizzou. Bye week for the time. It's hard to believe. It seems like the season just started and we're already at the bye. And really the season, it's gone pretty much as, as predicted Mm -hmm. by us. I mean, we won the three games we needed to win and we lost to Georgia, which we thought we would do. Well, and this, in this little three game stretch, if you beat South Carolina, it's, it's a victory for the stretch. You know what I mean? If you, if you lose to Georgia and you lose to Bama, but you beat South Carolina, you're probably honestly right where you should be. I don't agree. <laughs> yeah. I don't when, find that surprising. He, he never does. No. Yeah. You know, Paul, the fine bot, got a little mouthy on Twitter last week. He, I, uh, I think you were gone uh, serving food. No, I just remember more or less let him have the the hookup to the Wi-Fi, Caleb. I know I can't stop. I can't figure out how he got access. And so, being as I can't stop him, I just kind of let him have at it. He was tweeting me during the Chiefs game. <laughs> no, he's a... He's cantankerous. This conversation is really getting to the point of, of absurdity. I don't know, Paul. I don't know. You should be fired. <laughs> He's if I got paid anything, they'd fuck yeah, fire me. Yeah, exactly. We're Adios. Get, oh, no, no, I won't get my daily hand job. Yeah. yeah. No. All right. Well, I guess that'll do 
it for the SEC around the horn. I knew this one wouldn't take long. Thank God Brennan gives those or you wouldn't show up, would you, Caleb? Hell no. <laughs> Me and Brennan have discussed before that one is a show horse and one's a workhorse. And mm-hmm. when it comes to hand jobs to show up for doing the show, Brennan is the workhorse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Goers tried to tell me I wouldn't get hand jobs. You guys never gave them to him. Oh, well, we didn't have to. Yeah. No. He didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Plus the blisters on that thing, I wouldn't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> it wore a glove. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. <laughs> no well, doubt. guys, it is time we move to our final segment of the show, which is our award segment. And uh, I think the first award will be named after the great T.J. Moe, former slot receiver for the University of Missouri Tigers. And current douche. And that's why we named this award the T.J. Moe Douche of the Week. Douche of the Week. Candidates? Candidates for Douche of the Week this week. SEC officiating. <laughs> it's easy to do that. It's easy yeah, to do that Yeah, I think we had sure. Big Ten officiating last week. week. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. There was a lot of uh, bad calls on Twitter and uh, some grousing. I'll tell you what candidates I'd like to nominate. I was watching SEC Nation before the Mizzou game, and uh, they were so dismissive, specifically Marcus Spears and Tim Tebow, about Missouri's chances against Georgia. Obviously, none of them were picking Missouri, but they were just basically saying they were going to get throttled. Not even worth talking about. Just going to be a boat race. I'm always up for making Tim Tebow the uh, douche of the week. I mean, he is a tremendous douche. Yeah, and my oh my, I mean, and he- a <laughs> <laughs> as we've mentioned many times. Yes, yeah, it's a uh, that's a fact. Yeah, all right. Well, let's give it to him. All right. That reminds me, Brennan, in the midweek show, we talked to the Mizzou beat writer from SDS. And yeah. You could, he was almost dismissive. He, we talked about the Georgia game, but I, mm-hmm. when he started talking about our matchup against South Carolina, he, it, he didn't sound like he was any more optimistic for the Tigers to win that game than he was the Georgia game. And I'm just like, even our beat reporter yeah. in the SEC is like, nah, I don't see it. Don't yeah. see it. I mean, after watching what Missouri did with Georgia, after playing a really a stupid mistake riddled game, mm-hmm. we put up a lot of points against Georgia and we're in the game for most of the game. And yes. frankly, Georgia's a shitload better than South Carolina. It made me a lot more confident going into the yeah, South Carolina I mean, it, game. I think people should be a little more confident after this game despite the loss. I mean, we're not always going to have a punt blocked, and we're not always going to have a fucking idiot wide receiver let a ball bounce straight off his helmet directly straight into the air for an interception, and we're not ever typically going to have the officials make an atrocious call on the first series of the game. Those three things probably aren't going to happen in most football games. So, And Drew Locke is probably going to realistically throw touchdown passes in and, most football games. And hopefully Emmanuel Hall's crotch will improve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that decoy thing, they should have got him out of there. I don't know what's going on with his groin, but... Uh, yeah, he's got a couple weeks to heal after the... Maybe the Coach Odom give the Golden Girls a call, and they can work on that groin for us. Mm-hmm, sure. All right, guys, that takes us to our final award of the day, which, of course, is named after the Golden Locks of one Kirk Farmer, former quarterback of the University of Missouri Tigers as well. This yes. award brought to you by... Our good friends in St. Louis who own a special little place where you can drink and uh, listen to Honky Talk music. Game 6, Honky Talk, sponsor of our Mazzotcast and sponsor of the Kirk Farmer's Hair, player of the game. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, player of the game. Candidates tonight. Well, I'll tell you what. At first, in the first half, I was like, the Roundtree-Crockett combo looked really good to me. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed. I mean, yeah. we were chewing up yards, but they disappeared. I mean, we, yeah. but not so much of them, but they, we kind of went away from the running game inexplicably. Well, you get down, and you, you have that natural inclination to want to try to throw your way back into it right away, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it doesn't work. Albert O. had a lot of catches. That was add. my candidate. Uh, the, the guy who had the most consistent game for me was Albert O. The most catches he's had as a player in a single game. Uh, I don't give him the fumble. 
I don't, yeah. I don't call, I mean, he was mm-hmm. forward progress had stopped for two full seconds before that. I was going to say, stripped. ordinarily, that kind of play would eliminate you from contention for the Kirk Farmer's Hero Award, but, uh, Since I don't it think wasn't actually a fumble, we won't count it against him. Agreed. I don't think Drew Locke is so much in contention this week. He didn't really, it's not that he would play super poorly. He just didn't do anything to rise above. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, he, he, got, he, we got a lot of guys in the end zone on the ground, but we never mm-hmm. had a uh, passing touchdown. Yeah. So, well, and truthfully, as well as our running game is working for a portion of this game, why why put the ball at risk? You know, if you can put it in Crockett or Roundtree's gut or even Beatty, and they're going to slam through for five yards into the end zone. I mean, I, that's why I felt mm-hmm. when we got in those situations. Like, give them the rock. So far, Georgia has not. I didn't see Georgia stop us in the backfield more than two or three times this whole day. So Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. The last two games, the running game has come to life. Mm -hmm. And uh, also at the same time, because we can never have everything clicking on all cylinders at the same time in Missouri, Emmanuel Hall has been down. So our passing game has been a bit deflated. If we get Emmanuel Hall healthy and the running game looks sharp like it has Mm -hmm. the last couple games, I say watch the fuck out South Carolina because we're using our tight ends. It could be. We could have that offense really rolling. I think it would honestly have been smarter not to use him as a decoy. Yeah, if he's I agree. Hurt and just let him rest this week, let him rest next week with a bye, and maybe when we go into South Carolina, we've got a, a very healthy NFL-ready wide receiver to and catch it, balls. Before we award this, I'll say that uh, Terry Beckner really had a qu- quietly yeah. had a really good game. Yes, he did. So, uh, But I, I'm happy with Alberto, you guys. Yep, mazel tov. Okay, and we can't really review Caleb's uh, picks of the week. TCU is going to lose to Florida and not cover. Other than that, North Texas is up 14. Uh, Florida has 14 in the first quarter. And then Arkansas and Auburn haven't played yet for the over in that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned for those. If you placed your bets on mybookie.com with the promo code MIZ25. Don't forget we have our Knockout Survival League, Mm -hmm. SEC, whatever we make sure and check. Get (laughs) get Get your picks in there. Yeah, obviously. A lot of the people picked Ole Miss this week because they were the only team that was playing a letter school. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it was 7-7 seven to seven Ole Miss, I was thinking, boy, this will eliminate a lot of people quickly if this yep, goes yep, downhill. Yep, 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 yep. But I think pretty much everybody's going to survive into next week. But what's happening is every week you use a team, they're, you're no longer able to use that team. So it'll get tougher and tougher to make those calls. So. Yep. But it's a lot of fun to uh, involve yourself in. So you can follow that on our website at mazodcast.com. And as I was mentioning about my bookie, get your bets in next week. We're going to come to you. Caleb, do you want to do a Caleb the Greek in the bye week? There's, I mean, we don't need to really interview anybody, but people need to gamble. I mean, it is a, it's a requirement of the human condition is to gamble. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good to me. We can do one and see mm-hmm. if I can turn this shit around. Yeah, that's right. And uh, my bookie will appreciate it when all our fans give them their money. Mm-hmm. Of course, we'll win. So they won't appreciate it that much. Yeah. So uh, I guess we're wrapping this motherfucker up. Go to iTunes. Leave us a review if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can email us at mizodcast at gmail.com. That's correct. Follow us on Twitter at mizodcast. Throw your business at our sponsors, mm-hmm. Schlafly Beer, Game 6 Honky Tonk. And, of course, my MyBookie.com, Midmo iFix. And, uh, hey, don't forget that uh, the Mazodcast Amazon banner. You click on that, you throw a little dough our way. Yeah, we haven't mentioned that in a while, but that really does help the show with hard, cold cash. And it, you don't have to pay a dime extra. It just goes our way. That's all the plugs I think we need to do. Although I will say, if you want to um, review the show and yell at us about how much you hate it, you can go to our website and take the listener survey as well. Sure, sure. So, all right, guys, we uh, we didn't quite get it done, but it wasn't terrible. 
So uh, we learned a lot about our Tigers this week. Who knows if we'll have a show next week. Uh, it all depends on our alcohol levels. South Carolina is around the corner. If you guys send enough drugs and money, we'll do one. That's right. Yeah, it's on you guys. <laughs> Not us. How much, how much Amazon banner clicking are you going to do? Yeah. Drugs, money. That's what we need. Yeah. All right, guys. Until next week, M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Caleb eats so much pussy, he's shitting clits. <laughs>